0: Want to really encourage all of you on Wednesday nights? You know we've really been experiencing some breakthroughs. I, you know, we've never really done anything like this. In fact, you know, I've been pastoring here at New Life for about 20 years, and in fact, uh, earlier this year, the Lord really expressed to me and just put on my heart the need for us to begin to exercise the knowledge and the truth that we've been receiving. I. How many of you know that our life is to be like a river and not a lake? You know what a lake does? A lake just takes in water and gets full and full. But if it has no outlet, if your life is not flowing out because of what you are receiving. By the way, do you know that a lake can eventually become a cesspool? It can become just a marsh that's all clogged and plugged up. God intended for our lives to always be receiving as well as as dispensing and giving out. In fact, that's really where you begin to experience the increase in the favor, is when you begin to open your heart, you begin to open your life, and you begin to actually even open your home. Amen. And God will begin to bless you in ways that are uh, just beyond your imagination. But we are moving out and we are calling we've been teaching the past month or so on treasure hunting and and sharing the gospel and letting people know that they are God's treasure and that they are special do you know today people need to know how special they are when we begin to recognize and help them recognize that they are sons and daughters of a great kingdom We begin to understand what we have and what our resources are. We begin to live in a new level of faith and expectancy and your life begins to actually reflect and shine the greatness of the King that you serve. Do you know that Jesus intended that your life be attractive? He wants you to know that your life is to shine. And what's it supposed to shine? It's supposed to shine hope and love you're supposed to be an example you are a a model that when people see you they see heaven they actually see a representation of heaven on earth they see david man there's heaven david and dana there's heaven walking right by and they see thomas and jennifer wow a piece of heaven Mike and Gina, we get around Mike and Gina, man, the glory of God just oozes out of them all over the place. He just produced joy in people. And it's because it's not you, but it's Christ in you. Because you are so full, like David said, we are so full of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the witness of resurrection life. Wherever you go, you change the atmosphere. You create a new history. You make things happen. You come into a situation when there's no understanding and the wisdom of heaven just flows out of your mouth. You see, that's what we are. We are more than conquerors in Christ. Now this morning, I'm going to talk to you about something that And we're going to do what we call a characteristic comparison and we need to do this this morning because uh, as sons and daughters, how many of you know it's possible to be born in the kingdom to receive Jesus as Lord, to even be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but not really walk in the fullness of sonship? Do you know that the Bible says that the the whole earth is waiting It even groans for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's you. You know, I I believe the Lord wants to bring a paradigm shift in the church. For too long, we've been preaching rapture. Lord, get me out of this horrible world! I believe Jesus is coming back. We know and embrace the second coming. But until then, Jesus, His intent is to see the fulfillment of his prayer in John 17 that the church would be filled with the glory of God and that the kingdom of heaven would be established here on earth. He prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done. But in order for that to take place, I've got to be walking in the fullness of what sonship really means. Because it's possible to be sons. It's possible to know mentally that you're a son of God, but still possible to have the mentality of an orphan. So the title of my message this morning is Breaking the Orphan Spirit. Now you know what an orphan is. An orphan is a person who has no home. An orphan has no father or mother. Or it doesn't realize that it has a father or mother. And today with what the enemy, and what the devil has done in our nation, especially today, when we talk about sonship, you can't talk about sonship without bringing the concept of family in the middle. Because you see, being a son means that you actually have a father. You have a mother. In other words, when Jesus talked about sons, He wanted us to realize that the kingdom was not some political government. God did not bring the kingdom of God just to establish some kind of a hierarchy so we would just kind of fall in line to some kind of a political structure. No, the kingdom was to reflect a family. God wants a family. He wants you to understand that He's a Father who desires sons and daughters to reflect the beauty and the glory and His power and hope and righteousness into a world that the Bible says in Isaiah 60 is in gross darkness. What's Isaiah 60 says? That the whole earth is filled with gross darkness. And so Jesus, the preaching of the kingdom, wasn't just to bring people out of their misery or just kind of bring a fix-it to their problems. God's not just here to fix your problem. A lot of people today come to church and just say, Preacher, just just tell me what I need to do so I can fix my problem. I want to tell you something, that Jesus didn't come to tell you what to do. What He did is He came to tell you who you are. Because when you understand who you are and you begin to walk in the light of who you are, You begin to do the things you need to do. So it's not about what you need to do. A lot of people tell me what to do. No, you need to understand who I am. And we need to break off this orphan spirit. It is a spirit that is tremendously pessimistic. It's full of fear. An orphan spirit, by and large, is an independent spirit. But first of all, we need to begin to build on the foundation of who our Father is. Because one of the ways you break the orphan spirit... By the way, I'm getting a lot of feedback. If you could turn me down up here. I feel like I'm yelling at myself. Maybe I am yelling at myself. I kind of get over-carried away on this subject because it's so fun. By the way, I just have fun serving Jesus. I don't know about you guys. But you see... In order for us to break the orphan spirit, we need to come to understand who our Father is. We've we got to come to understand Him because it's His goodness, it's His love that leads us to repentance. It's His goodness that, remember, repentance. Now, let, let's, let's, let's get right on this concept of repentance. Repentance is not turning from the bad in turning to the good. That's what a lot of people think. And so they get into the work smoke. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop doing my bad things and now I'm going to start doing my good things and I'm going to start going to church and I'm going to put the beer away and throw the marijuana away and throw my playboys out and I'm going start going to get good. God, God, I'm going to get good enough for You. That's so what a lot of people think. I'll ask a lot of people, I'll ask them, uh, where are you at in your walk with God? Well, I've started going to church to put away the beer and the playboys are thrown away. So they think that they're doing good. No, all you did was just you just kind of cut the bad fruit off the tree, but you didn't ch- deal with the root. You know, a lot of people deal with the fruit, but they don't deal with the root. Okay, so God wants to deal with the root, and the only way you can deal with the root is you change the nature of the tree. The Bible says that a good tree produces good fruit, and an evil tree produces evil fruit. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart produces good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure produces... So in other words, I've got to look at what the treasure is. I've got to look at the central issue of the heart. I've got to really come to understand, am I really connected intimately and relationally with my heavenly Father? Or have I just kind of adopted a religious mentality and fallen into the traps of trying to do good things and good works and I've thrown away the beer and thrown away the cigarettes and thrown away the Playboys. Now I guess I'm good enough. No, you're still not going to make it that way. Okay? In order for you to become a son, we've got to begin to understand how great and how good our Heavenly Father is. I want to show you something here in Mark's Gospel, chapter three, verse thirteen, and boy, do I got to move really fast today. Okay, what am I doing here? David, help me on my iPad. Okay, David, help me. I don't know why I'm not getting a sideshow here. Amen. I'm gonna. Okay, I guess I'll go sideways. All right, thank you, buddy. Thank, every church has to have a David Galligan over there in trouble. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. I want you to get this. And he went up on top of the mountain. This is Jesus, Mark three thirteen. And called to him those. Now I want you to really get this. We just got to go over this really fast and we don't get it. Jesus went up to the mountain and he called to him and called to Him those He Himself wanted. And they came to Him. Now, I want you to get this. Jesus didn't die on the cross because He just felt sorry for you. He called you because He wanted you. I want you. He didn't die just because He saw you in a mess. He called you because He wanted you. How many of you know there's a difference? He wants me. Turn to your neighbor and say, He wants you. He wants you. You see, if you're going to break the orphan spirit, you've got to know you're wanted. You know an orphan, Jesus said in John 8, a son abides in the house forever, but a slave does not. A slave does not abide in the house, but a son abides forever. You see, a slave and an orphan were usually one and the same in the New Testament because usually orphans became slaves because they had no father or no mother. So in order for them to exist... They had to come to a family and they, they, they submitted and surrendered themselves as a slave. But as they surrendered themselves as a slave, there was always the question inside. Even though they served, they always wondered, do they want me? Do you know this is a, a serious problem right here? One of the reasons why there's a lot of Internal pain in the body of Christ today is there's this lingering question Does God really want me? Does He really? I'm here to tell you by the Holy Spirit, He more than wants you, He more than desires you. And I love what it says here because it was because of this. It says, And they came to Him verse 14 then he appointed 12 and notice what it says he appointed them that they might be with him i just he's not saying I, I i guys i'm not coming here just to teach you some lessons and send you out to build my kingdom no jesus is saying i have appointed you because i want you to be with me and i want to be with you more than more than the assignment more than the destiny more than just building the empire i really want to be with you i really you know the lord spoke to me when i was in prayer about this that there is so much in the body of Christ, where people feel so distant and disconnected in the church. Because they, they see the church as a system, as a religious entity, and there's no real intimate connections. And in order to break the orphan spirit to become sons where you know you belong here. A sense of belonging. I belong. You know, I I so appreciate my, my pastor. He's 83 years of age right now. He became my pastor when I was four years of age. I am now 57 years old, and so he's been my pastor for about 53 years. I've only had one pastor who's been a spiritual father in my life. Now some of us, I know you may say, well, Pastor Ray, man, I've had pastors all over. I, know, I understand, theres I'm not trying to say anything negative, but, but you know, I, I want you to understand that God intended in the beginning that there would be longevity in our relationships. He never intended for us to just kind of be bouncing around all over. Now some of us have bounced around, not Because we wanted to. Some of us never found home because we never never found spiritual fathers in the kingdom who really understood what it was to lay down their life for the sheep. There are many ministers, many shepherds today are empire builders. They're interested in building a name, building my ministry. And they use the people to get to their next promotion. Jesus said that a hireling leaves the sheep. But a shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what a shepherd does. A shepherd sticks by the sheep. I'll never forget here just in Garland several years ago there was a huge bus accident. A young youth group was going to a camp and I couldn't believe what I heard. There was a, several children killed in a bus accident because the bus driver was taking cocaine. It was a large church in our in our city and the pastor at the time was considering leaving the church to go to a promotion. He was going to go and I know this for a fact he was going to go to a different church. And right when that church was going through that season where six or seven of their children had been killed he decides to leave the flock and go to another church. The reason I know this is we had several of those people come through this house. They were so distraught. In the time when those people needed care, hope, when they needed just a minister to be there, to be patient, to work with them through the problem, he was interested in jumping into the next ship. But the reason I bring that up is because today in the mentality of a lot of people, we do not understand what it is to be sons because we've never had real fathers. We don't know what that is. Many people believe that a father is just some kind of a guy who gets up there and just you know, just kind of feeds us a little bit. No, fathers build relationships with their people. They care about them. They lay down their life for them. They really are interested in them because He... Wants to be with you. We're going to break this orphan spirit. We've got to get into the understanding of what our Heavenly Father loves and how He desires to be with us. Jump over with me into the Bible. I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Need to move really quickly here. Ephesians chapter 1. Breaking this orphan spirit. The Apostle Paul makes a powerful statement. And, and you know these, these passages. Ephesians chapter 1. It says, blessed, verse 3, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In, heavenly, in other words, right now, you may not believe it, but you are in heaven. Well, oh, Pastor, I don't, I don't see heaven around my house. You are in heaven when you begin to live by faith. You actually, through your mouth and through your vision, can bring heaven. God intended for you to bring heaven even where hell exists. He intended that. You may be in a hell hole. God intended for you to begin to exercise your vision and your faith with a God consciousness and to begin to call those things that are not as though they are. That's the Abrahamic covenant. Spiritual adoption means you have authority and dominion. Here the Bible says, just as He chose us. Everyone say, chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. That means if He chose me before the foundation of the world, that means that even if I was born in a dysfunctional family where my parents gave me up or I was abused, let me tell you, God chose you before your parents even had a chance to abuse you. And He preordained that not only would you come through it, but you would be victorious and even God would take what the devil meant for evil, turn it around, and bring glory to His name and you would see the victory and you would begin to give Him praise because the devil does not have the final answer. The Bible says He is the Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. That means what He began, He promised us to finish it, complete it, and bring you all the way through though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Though you sit at the table of your enemy, he prepares a table, a feast, even before your enemies. In other words, God knew from the very beginning some of you would be placed in families you had no idea, you did not know what you were getting into. You look back and you think that your life has been stained and marked. you have marked and you have, you have actually uh, 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 marked your life, and you put yourself in a place where you feel you can't even launch forward. Not even realizing that because he chose you before the foundations of the earth, that means he knew what you were getting into before you got into it. Knowing this, that what the enemy meant for evil, God's glory and his grace is able to abound far greater than you could ever imagine. You are adopted, you've been brought into glory. Having predestined, everyone say predestined, us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to His good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glory, of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. And I could go on and on. You're accepted. You're chosen. You're predestined. And you are a blessing. And you are full of power. You have a new vision in life. You are just the epitome. You are just the essence of Jesus. When Jesus died and He took the blows on His body and He took sin, He didn't just die for our sins. He paid the price so that you would be glorified with Him. Jump over with me into Galatians. Next book, Galatians chapter 3. Notice what it says. For you are all sons. Everyone say, I'm a son. Now, let me say this again to you women. There's no male nor female. The Bible says you are all sons. He's referring to our position in Christ in reference to our inheritance. There's neither male nor female, bond nor free. In fact, listen to what it says. For you are all sons of God through faith. Faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, everyone say put on. That Greek word means to put on as a garment. You may not feel like a son, but I'm going to put it on. Wow, didn't get a name on on that. I have to put on faith. I have to put on sonship. That means to take it on myself. I've got to put on Christ because I've been immersed and baptized into Him. And he goes on to say here, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you've all been one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And they're heirs according to the promise. We're heirs. And remember, Abraham was called of God into greatness. God said that through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Guess what? That means you too. God says, I'm going to use you. Yeah, but pastor, I'm divorced. Uh, Pastor, I've been remarried. Yeah, but pastor, I've just gone through a lot of failures. I've been on my fifth marriage. The Bible says through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, how can that happen? I thought I was disqualified. No, you're not disqualified unless you're under a religious system. But under the grace of God, you have been qualified by grace through the Holy Ghost. Because here's the reason. It's not about you. It's about Him. You see, the reason you're qualified is because it's not about you anymore. And the reason why a lot of pastors, well, you can't be qualified anymore because of your sins and your past mistakes. Well, if that's the case, then it is about you. And that means we're back under the law. But because we're under the grace, and by the way, let me tease them. Grace doesn't do, any, doesn't do away with the law. It only reinforces the strength so that we no longer live under the law, but we live by and we walk by love. It's because of the love of God. I'm not, I'm not up here because I have credentials through a Bible school. I'm up here because my credentials as Ray Galligan and the natural has been a complete flop and a failure. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy when he was trying to encourage this young preacher to get on. Well, the reason why his name Timothy is where we get timidity, timid. The reason why God called Timothy, put his hand on Timothy because he was intimidated. And the Apostle Paul comes to Timothy one day and says, listen guy, his young student, he says, I was before a blasphemer, a persecutor. I was injurious to the church, but I obtained mercy. And Paul goes on to say, he says, if you want to take all the sinners of the world, I stand out as the chief of sinners. That through me, God would show the world a pattern of God's mercy to those who would follow. So if you feel disqualified, you need to just look at the Apostle Paul. We stand here today because of grace. By the way, that's not a license to sin at all. But it's because of His grace. We wouldn't even think of wanting to go back and doing the stupid things that we used to do. It's not even in our thought life anymore. We didn't want to go back and live in the sewer and think those dumb thoughts and do the stupid things we used to do before we knew Christ. Those are just dumb things. Those are just, just bum... We all know what we used to do and we all knew the shame and the guilt that brought us, didn't we? We all knew what we used to do. We had that orphan mindset. We were doing our own thing. We were in rebellion. We thought we were so smart and just got ourselves hurt. We were hurting everybody else. We know that now that we're in Christ, we don't have to do that anymore. We are new creatures in Christ. We have put on Christ. We are now sons. And we are as He is. For as He is, so are we in this world. 1 John 4.17 Notice what the Scripture says here in Galatians. No, no, I'm wrong. Jump back with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. <clears throat> I want you to see something here in John 8. Verse 31. And Jesus said to them, to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Everyone say, My word. My word. We've got to get the word of God in us. If you abide, abide, abide. I'm abiding. I'm abiding. 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 Believing. Abiding. I'm thinking. Abiding. I'm focused. Abiding. 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 Everyone say abide. I'm abiding. I'm not thinking daydreaming. I'm not drifting. I'm not just thinking wrong thoughts. I'm, I'm taking control of my thought life. Whatsoever things are pure and just and holy, think. I'm I, I'm a spirit filled son of God. My mind right now has been renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit to thank God thoughts. I'm abiding. I'm abiding in life. I'm abiding with vision. When I look at my enemies, I see opportunities for blessing. I'm not abiding in death. I'm abiding in life. When I look at you, I'm abiding in the power of God's glory. And I see glory, 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 glory. Power, wisdom. Yes, I can. More than conquerors, I can do all things with Christ. I'm abiding. I'm abiding, abiding, abiding. I'm abiding, abiding in the Word. I'm abiding. I'm abiding in this presence. I'm abiding day and night. When I sleep, when I get up, I'm abiding. This past week, my wife and I had a major problem. We have family coming in. By the way, this week we have some relatives coming in. This coming Tuesday night, a couple family members are coming in. And all of a sudden, I happened to be in our guest bathroom. And I just happened to notice a little hole the size of a thumb. And I pressed my thumb into this hole, only to notice a huge mess in the shower which meant I had to come and gut the entire bathroom and now I am in panic stage. Knowing that in a few days our relatives are coming and I remember I slipped out of the Spirit and I moved into the flesh. I am here to let you know that Ray was not abiding I was abiding in fear I was abiding in panic I was abiding even in anger I said why would you do this now not God but why would I discover this now and my wife bless her heart she abided with me anyway and I remember my wife she's she's really she is an awesome woman but I'm, I'm in the middle of, I'm going to Home Depot because I had to make a list and I had to get some supplies and I'm over there trucking through the, and I, I literally was at four, I was four hours in Home Depot just trying to get everything that I had to do from plumbing supplies to framing supplies to sheetrock to taping and mud. And I really wasn't abiding. But while I'm in Home Depot, my Heavenly Father speaks to me. I'm running through the, oh man, I've got to get this, I've got to get that. And all of a sudden the Lord says, "ray. Are you abiding? Are you abiding? Well, Lord, right now I'm abiding and trying to get this thing fixed. He says, I know. You know what the Lord spoke to me? He says, are you called, Ray? Yes, I'm called. And this is what the Lord said. Are you called? Yes, I'm called. You love me, don't you, Ray? Yes, Lord, I love you. What's the scripture say, Romans 8.28? All things work together for good to them who love God, and to them who are called according to His purpose. And you know what I did? I started walking through the aisles and I started speaking in tongues. Now, by the way, I never saw an angel. I didn't feel God's presence. I just started speaking in tongues. When I started speaking in tongues, the presence of God hit me in the plumbing section. I'm in the presence of God in the plumbing section. Just the presence of God. Just there was a lifting. I didn't see an angel, but I just put it in God's hands as a son. And the Lord helped me to move from panic and fear into rest, where I was resting, resting instead of stressing. You see, this is critical for us to understand what it is to be a son. Amen? God wants you to be a son. And when you're a son, you know your Father is going to lead you and guide you. The Bible says they who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of adoption. Do you know what adoption is? It's a spirit. Everyone say spirit. What he's trying to say there is adoption is a reality that we are to walk in. I want you to bow your heads. I'm done. I never got to my PowerPoint, but that's okay. I just believe right now the Holy Spirit is saying, I am bringing a transfer in this congregation from people who have had this orphan spirit, this spirit of fear, the spirit of alienation. I'm bringing them into sonship. I'm bringing them into my love. I'm bringing them into my provision. I'm bringing them into life. I want you to understand how it is to abide in my word. To abide in His Word is to abide in life. Everyone say renew. Renew. God is changing your mind from a caterpillar to a butterfly. You're moving out of fear. You're moving into faith. I just sense right now, there's somebody here that has gone through a serious calamity. You have faced something in your life that is beyond the scope of your imagination. And the Lord is coming right now to say, I am the God who makes a way where there is no way. I'm a God who makes a way where there is no way. I want you to raise your hand this morning if you say, you know, Pastor Ray, I've gone through something. I need God. Oh, I need the Lord. I'm here to say to you this morning, He's more than sufficient. He's more than sufficient. He's come this morning to bring you out of that isolated that place of fear and torment, and He comes to bring you into His family. He comes to receive you as a son, as a daughter. He lets you to know that I've come to set My favor upon you and what the enemy meant for evil. God is breaking that curse in Jesus' name. You are free! For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You're not going back. The Word of the Lord this morning is you're not going back. Everyone say, I'm not going back. Say it again. I'm not going back. I'm moving up. You really are. Do you know the Holy Spirit will not allow you to stay in the same place? You see, the Christianity is not a denomination. It's a movement. God intended for you to move. He intended for the church. It's organic. It's, it's, it's an organism. It's changing, growing, expanding, increasing. God never intended for you to be polarized and paralyzed. He never intended for you to stop and be stuck. And there's a lot of people are like orphans. They get stuck. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing. God is here this morning to set you free for whom the Son sets free. He wants to bring the Spirit of liberty upon you this morning where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Father, we just pray for the Spirit of freedom on this house. We pray for the Spirit of freedom right now in Jesus' name. I just see God putting a new song in someone's heart. A new song. The song of the Lord. The song of freedom. The song of liberty. Amen. The enemy come to to set you up like David in 1 Samuel chapter 3. David's families and David's life was ambushed and kidnapped by the Amalekites. And David sought the Lord and he encouraged himself in the Lord and God gave him wisdom. And God, the Word of the Lord to David and the Word of the Lord to you this morning is you shall prevail and recover all. God is saying you shall recover You shall prevail and recover all. Everyone say, I shall prevail and recover all. Say it again. I shall prevail and recover all. Some of you need salvation in your family. Some of you need vision and wisdom. Some of you need the breakthrough. God is coming this morning to do something miraculous in your spirit. God is going to deliver you from the word can't. Can do all things through Christ. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? Don't you feel the Holy Spirit? Praise God. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like the flood, the Spirit of the Lord will rise. Bring a standard against him. I just feel that some somebody this morning needs to come down here for prayer. I don't know who, but if you feel like the you feel like you need the Lord and that you need a breakthrough, I want you to come down right now. Just come on down. If anybody, you just feel I, I need the Lord. I, I need a breakthrough. I know God is speaking to me this morning. I have suffered long enough. I've suffered. Amen. Amen. I just say to you, I don't know who you are, but I just saw death. The Lord comes to break death off of you this morning. The Lord comes to break the spirit of death. And I come to bring life. What the enemy tried to do, I just see an attack on you. The Lord comes to break the curse of this. And bring you into redemption and life. You are not alone. I the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. I come this morning to renew you, bring you out. I come to bring you out of darkness and establish your feet on the rock. Oh, you will not look back, you will not look down, but you will look unto me, say of the Lord. I am the Lord, and I change not. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Father, we just thank You, Lord, for liberty. Amen. A new day. A new song. Oh, You've asked, God, I'm hungry for more. Lord, there's more. There's more. Oh, God, I need more. You've been like in a, in a fork in the road. Lord, what way do I go? The Lord comes to establish you to make the way plain. The Lord is our light and a lamp to our feet. Oh, the Lord just comes to take you from being a head woman. He's going to touch your heart. Bring you into the reality of His sovereign power and glory.